Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line is Florida Senator Phil Jakes. Here we go. well recorded but letting this one go huh as I stared, I counted. I'm waiting for Phil's reaction <laughs> He's not I'm not really sure what to say <laughs> it's not terrible it's not oh, that was Jesus Christ what fucking key was she in there she was probably going somewhere with that, but we cut it off. F minus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She went to the key of W. <laughs> I, I don't know keys. Like I said, I think she was going 5. somewhere with that 3. one. But all right. 5.3. Good LS engine. All right. Very good. Yes. <laughs> it's it's like, just good, good, re- good and reliable. Is that very the good. iron block or the aluminum block one? <laughs> oh, the, the iron block. Okay, good. You don't uh, want the AFM freaking engines. Screw them things. Okay, then. Duly noted. We usually start our episodes off with personal updates. Uh, let's see. I don't know if a hell of a lot's really changed. I know Phil got into a race car, so we might as well Ugh. just skip right to Phil. Just skip right over to him, and we'll fill it in later for <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, that was that was it. Was an entertaining weekend we uh went down to citrus county speedway with the 28 super late model uh and the 33 super late model and friday night practice driver of said 28 super late model who actually happens to be a sponsor of mine uh he just hasn't been able to get comfortable in the car and Daniel was busy struggling with the 33 car, and I just jokingly said, well, I got my gear in case you suck, so maybe I should hop in. And they both laughed, and they said, go for it. And I thought they were kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they, they weren't kidding. They called my shit. So I uh, I went and got my gear, and I suited up, and I hopped in, and it was my first time behind the wheel of a Super Uh Closest I've ever driven anything was a pro stock, pro late type car. So uh, down here, they're real deal supers and 670, 680 horsepower unrestricted. That's more than a cup uh, car. It is now. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, it is more than a cup car on a 10 inch tire. So technically, on less tire than a cup car, too. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, on a little third mile bouldering, that was interesting to try and get a handle on for the first time in one of those trying to control the throttle but never slipped a tire took me most of the session to get comfortable the last three laps i really started getting the feel of it and actually uh the time that i turned there would have put me probably ninth in qualifying on uh 
Friday, Saturday night. So really not super terrible. Just definitely would need more laps to race one. Yeah. No. So they're, they're a different beast than anything I've ever driven. It was fun, but it was a little bit of a white knuckle ride. Just trying to get comfortable with how you got to roll the throttle. You cannot throttle up when you're in the middle of the corner. You got to wait for it to change direction and point towards the other end of the straightaway. Because if you got any wheel input in it and you get back to the gas, you're sideways. Whoops. So is it kind of like a giant go-kart? So Yeah, it, it just it gets down on the bump stops, and you can kind of feel it get down on them. And as soon as it lands, it just wants to turn. It. I was under-driving it when I'm used to overdriving everything else because it's it just does everything so well. How much different is it compared to your sportsman? quite a bit different it the sportsman is just lazy feeling as much arrow as they have that's the only reason they're as quick as they are um yeah there's a big power difference yeah it just felt way more connected and way more together It, it just it did what you wanted it to do so that's pretty awesome and you were at citrus county yeah citrus county speedway so that's a tiny little track yeah, third mile. It's at this oh. place. It's the place I'm the most comfortable as far as the small track stuff. I've it's the only small track I've run actually, because uh, Desoto's four tenths and Smart is a half mile. So, hmm. um, no, I ran Showtime too. But this place is it's really forgiving. Just like I said, I was under driving the shit out of it because it was just so reactive. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I watched the video and. I was like, wow, this track is uh, seems to be pretty small. I thought it was a quarter mile, but then I didn't take into account the speed factor, like the speed differential between your old, well, your other car and the super late model. So it seems pretty interesting just to be able to yeah. drive one compared to what you had. And you, what you have is like light years ahead of what I have. So, <laughs> Well, and that, that's the thing, too, is I've driven a pure stock there now. I've driven a pro truck there. My sportsman, Daniel Sportsman, um, Actually, I've driven a metric and a Camaro pure stock there. The difference between those is interesting, too. Hmm. Um, but everything all the way up to the Super, to, so to feel the differences between each, it's any seat time I can get is helping me. So it's it's all learning, and it teaches me something every time I can do it. Yeah. But What's we're, the... we're going back there next week with my car, uh, with the SRL Sportsman Series for 75 laps, so... Hopefully, now that we got some of the gremlins figured out in that thing, it'll be pretty good. That's the former Wheelman series? Yep. Uh, Ricky Brooks took it over from Steve Dorr of Race Car Engineering. So uh, Hmm. Ricky Ricky Brooks owns and promotes the whole series now. Uh, They got a deal with American Racer Tire. So it's uh, probably the best series going in the southeast region of the country, I'd think. What's uh what's Steve doing? Is he just kind of part time in his super and running his parts business or he's running a super, running a prolate, and he's got a graphics company and then he's got race car engineering and he's got his hands in all kinds of different places. So Does he also do stuff with like FLF race cars or something like that? I don't remember the name. Yeah, I think he's got uh a deal or some sort of relationship with uh FLF and I believe it's Tim Curry up there. It's funny how much I know about random people in Florida now. <laughs> you see, come through my feed and my timeline all the time. I share everything. Well, I guess Steve Dorr is not exactly random. 
when it comes this to Florida. This is truly a yeah. nationwide podcast. Nationwide. Connecticut, a little bit of Massachusetts, and Florida. All the way to the Mississippi. <laughs> That's the real nation. The rest of those liberals can fuck off. <laughs> Namely us, because we're... We uh, can go fuck ourselves. We're north of the Mason-Dixon, yes. so... Yeah, well, there's like a square then with a little... <laughs> Never mind. That's... No, whatever. But anyway, any more updates from down south? Nope. Nothing right. uh, after this weekend. I don't know when the next race is, so I don't even know what's going on. Might think about taking it up to Mobile. I think that's on April hmm. 1st. So. All right. All depends. Depends how we get out of this. If we get out of this clean, it might be a greater possibility. All right. So I put out a new video literally today as a recording. Monday, about uh, p- uh, prettying up my race car, which is something that I genuinely never do. You, you n- I did watch that. Yeah, me too. You, oh, pretty, pretty doesn't pretty don't go. You shouldn't be making stuff pretty. Well, last year the car wasn't pretty and didn't go. So what's the point? Oh, well. <laughs> it was dog turds. So I figured I would clean it up and actually make it kind of sanitary. I guess maybe make it a little bit nicer for myself because. All the stuff that I just put on the car is essentially rust. So make it a twenty footer. It usually is. If you're sitting in the grandstands, it's passable. Uh, but no, I figured I'd put some new stuff on it for once because I haven't done it since 2019. I think I had the white car for the first time, and I haven't touched it since. Basically, if I ripped a piece off, I welded a new one back on, and just spray painted it. But I think I put a new nose on, but that was about it. But this is like a I, full reskin. I got to be honest. I like it better with the black nose than it was with the white nose. I don't mind it. I really don't. I, I kind of like it. it with the top of the car being black and just go down the front. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's fine. Uh, I like the nose because it's cheaper and it looks the same and it was pretty easy to work with. So I don't mind it. I don't mind the little speedway noses. Uh, it's like I said, it was like 40 bucks cheaper, but I didn't get it for retail price. So that was nice. Thanks, Dougie. I'd be curious to see it with some like black stripes down the side, right along the side skirt, but leave two inches of white on the side skirt to break it up. Well, kind of like a Mustang or like a Shelby or something. Shelby stripe. Yeah. Kind of similar to that. Similar to what I do with mine. I mean, it's just a simple old school look, but I think it would look really cool on that paint scheme. I'll get the spray paint out. We'll get we'll tape that right up. <laughs> you should have put the white on the top and the black on the bottom because the white reflects the heat that comes off the hot July sun. I'm leaving the rear window out so it don't matter no more. <laughs> Cause I know we're allowed to run the rear windows, but it's like I put one in, but it's just the flat one. I don't have the the whole like dome like you have, like the arrow coop window. And so I'm just like dying of heat stroke in the car because it's like 40 degrees hotter in there now so i'm like this isn't really helping i just want fresh air so i just took it out yeah like just give me fresh air it's crazy how much having a closed rear window it's ridiculous the airflow and everything inside the car for you yeah I, i found myself putting my hand out the window and getting fresh air way more often than i ever did yes i'm like this sucks i can see why the cup guys put slits in the back window so that they get the air out like, this sucks. I don't know. I was still pretty cold when I raced at New Hampshire last year. Well, yeah, but it was also like 40 <laughs> degrees. We were in New Hampshire in April. I'm glad we didn't get snowed on. Um, 
like they did in California, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious to me. I'm not segueing. I'm still talking about my stuff, but that's just funny to me. You know, all the the <laughs> all the NASCAR insider guys. If you like interact with any of them on Twitter and say, "Oh, why don't they just run at you know wherever in North Carolina for the second race of the year?" and they're like, "Oh, because it's cold in North Carolina in February," and it's like, "Okay, so what happens this year? It's eighty in Charlotte, and it's forty. Oh no, it's like thirty-five or forty in Southern California, and it's snowing. Hilarious. <laughs> How do you all feel now?" Now you're freezing and wet. Rockingham and Atlanta used to be the second race of the year for a long time. Never had a problem. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold out. Cry me a river. Come up to the World Series and see how cold you are. Oh, Jesus. Come up to Oktoberfest in Lee. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, right. We were talking about my stuff. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I got the chassis painted. I couldn't believe the cost of spray paint now it's like 10 bucks a can it's crazy four cans what the hell is up with that petroleum prices transport costs shortages you name it good lord blame who you wish uh but we all know who's who's in charge so um yeah i mean what paint products are petroleum based right and then you got to transport them with trucks trucks run on diesel diesel hasn't come down in forever so oh everything's going through the the price of diesel here right now is it close to here at all? Three sixty-three a gallon. Yeah, that's like a dollar cheaper than here. But actually, no, it's <laughs> no, it's a dollar. What is it? It's like four seventy-five. Yeah, it's about a dollar fifteen cheaper than here. That's crazy. Yeah, we're paying that for like mid-grade gas. What are you paying for regular? Uh three. It's it it depends on where you go in the town. If I go a town over, it's a three oh nine. But if I stay like right next to my house, it's three twenty-five. Oh, it's I was hilarious! Gonna say, yeah, it's two ninety-three here. Yeah. So I mean, they come down, but like, there's—I don't think there's any reason why any like diesel costs right now are just ridiculous. Isn't diesel? And I'm completely ignorant to this, so just bear with me. I thought diesel was a byproduct of refining gasoline, or refining crude oil into gasoline. That I have no idea. I would have to look that up again, but I really thought it was. And I thought that it was that it used to be diesel was cheaper than gasoline. And then they started taking sulfur out of it and started absolutely jacking the price up. I can't remember what it is. If it's, I don't think it really is that or not. Hey, you know what's not going to go down in price though? Uh, no. Race gas. Oh, of course not. That's that hasn't gone down in price in its entire history. It's thirteen a gallon here now. That will never go down. No, I'm. I don't ever want it. Ugh, racing fuel is so ridiculous. But I mean, that's like uh, get off on tangent yet again in my segment. Uh, I just I'm of the mind of uh, I don't believe anybody who tries to sell me something, and I know for a fact that uh, oil companies since their inception have basically tried to tell the consumer that petroleum is a uh, finite resource so that they could jack the prices up. I mean, I think what Standard Oil did that in the 1910s or 20s or whatever the hell it was, and people still think that it's a finite resource, and it's like, eh, it really kind of isn't. No, it's renewable. Yeah, it's it's a product of decay and pressure, I believe, right? Yeah, there's Just always- any organic material that decays can 
yeah, kill more dinosaurs. Yeah, there is always decay. Decay is ongoing. It, it's not just dead dinosaurs, like literally. It is just. It is all from organic decay, vegetation. Yeah. So Could it be liberals too. We can. We it, should have it run on liberal tears. So if you want to give back to the earth, I suggest not cremating yourself, putting yourself in a pine box, and then burying yourself when you're dead. That way, you give back to oil. I saw something the other day that <laughs> there's a state that is passing a law allowing compo- composting your body rather than traditional funeral burials. Okay. Ew. So, so like a a coyote or a bear is going to just dig you up, basically. There's, well, there's a culture this... of people in some third world country that they will take your body out to some specific area and they will allow the vultures to eat your body while your family watches because it's some kind of nature earth. Oh, that is... It's some kind of nature and earth-like traditionalist thing that they have in their culture. I don't know a damn thing about it, but I saw something on it on TikTok or something. It is wild, though. I'm like, that's gross. <laughs> I'll just put them in the ground and give back to oil. Yeah, no. I'd throw them in a volcano before I watch a bird eat their eyes out or some shit. Yeah, they do that. They pick like limbs and stuff off and rip them open. All right, back to racing. It's gross. Uh anyway, yeah, it's we like I said, that plane right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oil is not a finite resource. It is a renewable source, but you know, I'm all for environmentalist stuff, but like you don't have to lie to us. You can just say, "Well, we just want the air to be cleaner." And I'll be like, "Okay, that's fine. We'll put a catalytic converter on." That's good enough, right? It's it I just I'm so sick of people lying. It's like the UFO thing. It's like, "Oh, we have UFOs. Look, we shot one down. Oh, we're not we're not going to go get those now." It's like, "Okay, so you were lying to us." Anyway, uh my racing thing. Just follow the money and then you'll you'll be able to <laughs> reach a conclusion and that's the end of that. All right, so my <laughs> racing thing. Yeah, we we still got a little ways to go on the car. I'm glad I got it painted. Uh I shouldn't have painted it immediately, but I figured I'd get it out of the way because whatever i know i'm gonna be working under the car and getting my greasy hands all over it because i got to inspect the rear diff and do all sorts of other greasy tasks so i'm gonna have like nasty handprints all over the car but you know nothing super clean can't clean up on it so we got to letter it we got to go through some of the technical stuff and and driveline stuff and get that all squared away but we're not far off lettering is your next video it should well it might be one of my next videos but if you want to see my videos you can head on over to youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. Subscribe over there because that helps me out a ton. Uh, I think we're just about to crest 400 subscribers, which I need about 600 more to be even considered for monetization. So let's get that on uh, in gear. That would be nice. <laughs> it's free. Yeah, you tell them. It's free for you to do, and it doesn't. You know, it helps me a ton. So uh, one hand washes the other on that. Um, but yeah, we're going to go through the car again. Luckily I'm not doing like a clip now instead of like, you know, three, four months ago. So I'm pretty well budgeted on time. Oh, I got to do actually cold there now. Yeah. It finally turned cold. Now we're going to get like four to eight inches of snow overnight. So that'll be fun. That'd be great to walk or to drive (sighs) to work in tomorrow. Awesome. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're going to. We just got to finalize it and put it on scales, and hopefully my trailer's cleaned out by that time, and uh, I think we're actually doing pretty well. So, Jesse, do you have any updates? No. No. That's depressing. (laughs) So, anyway. No. No. (laughs) 
Is the Easter Bunny going to bring you a crate motor? <laughs> oh, you, God. Have you seen the price of crate motors uh, lately? We're, I don't know what kind of Easter egg I'm going to do to find a crate motor at a decent price anymore. It involves a, a pole or it involves a street corner and really short <laughs> skirt and stockings for you. <laughs> it's going to involve... <laughs> It's gonna involve knee pads and an eye, I, uh, I, what do you call that? I have no idea. Uh, IVF. No. <laughs> I goggles. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. I've, yeah. Yeah. Ski goggles. Yeah. <laughs> knee pads and eye blinders. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I thought you meant like swim goggles to. I fold. Forget it. We're oh, you don't want to see that. it coming. No. Gotcha. All right, so we're gonna just move this disgusting. Uh, continuously disgusting uh, segment on to the second segment of the show. The most anticipated one of the show because it gets a laugh out of people and then they can just shut it off. It is the Darf comment of the week. There we go. Yeah, we're never going to get rid of that. I love it. I need it for a ringtone. I think we can probably do that, right, Jess? That would be amazing if we started just offering ringtones of oh, that. Oh, dude, that's easy. Yeah. That's easy. Just download this. We could do that. Anyway, Darf comment of the week this week. You know, I've been kind of in a weird mood the last few weeks. I know we just got the show back running again and got a little bit of rust to shake off with the whole broadcasting thing because we don't edit this thing. So... I've I've really wanted to just kind of stick with stuff that I found kind of fun, you know. But this week is no exception because I have a tweet that was posted by a Twitter page called Poorly Aged NASCAR Tweets at Aged NASCAR on Twitter. Kind of a fun page because they go back and basically call people out for their really bad takes. So back in, I would say... December, just after Christmas of 2022, last year. Okay. Someone posited the question, what is your motorsports opinion that you'll, that'll have you like this? And they show a picture from some Disney movie of a guy standing in a corner and about 50 swords being pointed at him. You know, what's your opinion that'll anger somebody or unpopular, I guess, whatever you want to call it. This guy, Alex Bell, at AlexWBell15, replies, or quote tweets it as, Kyle Bush to RCR will not be a winning combination. If he wins anything, it'll be fluky like the Bristol Dirt Race. Not a good enough team around an aging Kyle Bush. Be more funny! <laughs> womp womp. So that was posted uh, yesterday. Yeah. That is a poorly aged NASCAR tweet. They they have delivered on their name. Uh, let's see here. They actually the reason I wanted to use this one was because the guy getting called out actually replied to this. And you know what? Oh boy. He was a good sport. <laughs> Genuinely, he was a good okay. sport. This is why I wanted to include it as the Darf comment of the week this week. He replies to the calling out by saying, I was deeply wrong in this assumption, LMAO. I, <laughs> I knew that drop would come in handy. 
I just don't know how anybody could think that Kyle Busch wasn't going to win another race. I mean, RCR, let's be fair. How many did they win last year? Four? It, it's a good driver Four? on a good team. They were a good team last year. Tyler Reddick won, what, three races last year? Yeah. Yeah. Even Austin Dillon won one, I'm pretty sure, right? I think so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they won four as a team. Yeah, someone else commented and said, at least you're a good sport. He said, I try to be. Good for, good on him. Yeah. That's all right. He took it. He owned it. I got to give the guy credit. He'll win the Darf comment of the week for the previous take, but he wins all of our hearts for having the, the guts to stand up and say, yep, that was me. I put my hand up. I own it. So he wins, Mr. Alex W. Bell. You win our or Alex W. Bell 15 on Twitter. You win our DARF comment of the week this week. And uh, I usually say, may God have mercy on your soul. But this week, you know what? I appreciate honesty and taking responsibility. So thank you for that. That actually goes along with a lot of different people's opinions. They had deep, deep-seated, like, concerns or just hate i guess to for the whole kyle bush to rcr situation i don't know i i thought that everyone's now like half of people became kyle bush fans because he drives for the bow tie now you he do, used to did, drive for it and they hated him back then too yeah but because he was an arrogant prick back then now he's just arrogant <laughs> he's a twat <laughs> he's still a prick he's a twat <laughs> but be fair but he didn't get booed when he got out of the car nascar fans no, only have 30 minute memories cool. So yeah, he didn't even yeah he didn't get booed when he got out of the car when he won the race. No boost, no nothing. It was weird. It was kind of weird. Hmm. Yeah, I, I said it as soon as it happened. I think you're going to see a completely different Kyle Busch going forward. So yeah, now he has to worry about sponsors and image. Now they don't pay enough money for him to do his uh, entitled shit. I don't so. think that's the case. I think it's more he's got the leash off of him a little bit, and he can be himself. Because that's as, how Richard Childress has always run that company. I was going to say, as opposed to what? Because he used to be quite arrogant and off-putting and did whatever the hell he wanted within yeah. the interviews. Yeah, but and, over the past few years, Coach Gibbs had definitely shut him up. Did he, though? <laughs> I don't really know. He started walking away completely from interviews rather than saying something. Hmm. It's, I don't know. I, uh, which I don't think that was any wor- any better. Yeah, I don't know. I think we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I don't really know the ins and outs here. I so. would rather him, if if you're going to put the leash on somebody, you're going to tighten it up all the way so he stops becoming a prick. You're going to jerk that chain pretty good. I mean, you're still you still need to be, stop him. You need to be, fam- you need to be fan-friendly. Yeah. I think it's more that he's not afraid to say what he says now. I didn't think he was afraid before. I don't think so either. <laughs> He's, he got his ass busted by Gibbs many times with internal fines and shit. They've talked about it. Really? Yeah, but he had Kyle Bush money. KFB oh, money. yeah, he was making Do you remember when he though. got pulled aside and M&M's almost bailed on them because of some of the stuff he was saying? Oh, yeah. That was only a couple of years ago, right? That was... God, that had to be like five or six years ago at this point. Yeah. Mm, that's right. A couple years is like ten years to me now. So yeah, but like know. he's he's gotten in trouble for things he said, and and that's that's all I think is like Childress is probably just like just be yourself. I don't give a shit. He's still himself. Oh yeah, I don't think it's, he's ever really changed. He's himself without consequence now. <laughs> yeah. Well. 
I don't know. Yeah. We'll get into that more later, I suppose. But uh, I, I do gonna... like the way he works the three cheese stuff in there. Yeah, he says, I got to use it on my hands. I'm sure you do, Kyle. <laughs> He's buying the gummies and the edibles and shit. <laughs> oh, I'm probably, I'm certain that NASCAR, NASCAR is so uptight, they would test for any oh, God, yeah. anything. And if they found THC in it, even if it is federally legal, they'd probably still bust his ass. So I doubt that he's going to go down that road, but he does do a good job of uh, marketing his sponsors in that way. And he did have a new sponsor on the car this week. He had Lucas oil was on the car. I didn't even, yeah, that car looked awesome. I didn't even see them as an RCR sponsor before. Nope. This was the first race for them. Well, it definitely ain't going to be the last now. Well, yeah, they're California company. Oh, that's, oh, that's true. I believe they are. And, Yeah, that's what they're based out of. They have the. Is I it? mean, they've been in motorsports forever, but they, it, yeah, they do everything motorsports. You know, but first, kind of NASCAR thing, you know. But they're a California company. Yeah, I do see a lot of sponsorship, especially they do a lot of off-road stuff, and um, they used to do a lot of other smaller. Used to do drag stuff. racing, dirt racing, drag, drag racing. racing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm glad to see them participating in big league NASCAR, though. They do make a good product. Let's be fair. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not like stumping for them here or nothing but i'm just saying i've used it and it, it seems to work pretty well valvoline you know valvoline actually makes uh napa motor oil right really yeah you look at the data sheets and it's valvoline well i'm glad i use valvoline <laughs> i use napa napa full synthetic yep uh anyway they have really good oil sales sometimes it's like 3.99 a quart for full synthetic that's really good so you got to keep an eye out for it Anyway, there's your consumer advice for this week. <laughs> Let's go to... I got tagged in something by a friend of the show, Adam Gata, about uh, North Wilkesboro, and I'm pretty sure Phil had to chime in on it as well. And it was North Wilkesboro's like, sister page there, Save the Speedway. Now, they've been around a long time since North Wilkesboro even... I think since they closed, they've had this movement. And... Uh, they had to post something on Facebook, which I'm, I'm really starting to, just not understand. It's it was. Let me read you the post. Why don't I just get into it? Quote from Save the Speedway: As of late, every post has turned in every post they put up uh, has turned into endless amounts of complaints. It's too expensive. The track doesn't have this amenity or that amenity. I won't attend until this happens. Does this sound familiar? You guys sound. Does this sound familiar at all? Way too much. It's fucking short track fans are cancerous. It's every stupid racing fan on the internet. Every one of them. This is why my mantra on this show is: racing fans are the worst fans in all of sports because they will destroy it just to be right instead of just shutting up and enjoying it. Now back to save the speedway. We spent 26 years trying to revive the track to NASCAR. The gates haven't even opened on the first NASCAR race, and too many are trying to tear it down. This needs to end. This isn't the page for that. I don't think any page is for that, to be fair. I don't think you should. If, if you have a complaint, take it up with NASCAR themselves or whatever. Now, is this or North Wilkesboro? This is North Wilkesboro. This is this a track that probably most of the people that have chimed in they haven't even been to yet. No, they haven't. They haven't even been there yet, and they're still no. complaining. 
and if they were there, they were there for that revive racetrack revival thing where there was zero infrastructure because basically they cut the weeds, broomed it up, and put some temporary lights in. There was no amenities because it had been freaking shut down for 25 years. But that's going to change. That's not the quite the grand opening quite yet. Yeah, that's not the grand <laughs> opening. That's just, here's some interest. Okay, we're going to go through with it now. You know, basically come take a seat. Maybe we'll have something for you. Maybe we'll truck in a porta potty. Calm down. All right, back to save the speedway here. Uh, if you have opinions or suggestions, I'm all ears to listen to, and all valid suggestions are passed along. But if you're just here to nitpick every little thing, it's not the page for that. Again, I don't think you should be nitpicking things. Uh, we all need to give the track and SMI a little grace on this event. It was a late and very unexpected addition to the calendar. We are all working nonstop to make this happen in May, and we will be doing more after May to make it even better before the next event. Give us all some grace while we try to make this the greatest return of a once-forgotten track back to NASCAR. And they got a lot of traction on this post. So I, I agree fully with them. It was It needs to be said, you know? He's... The guy, the guy Stephen that runs that Save the Speedway, I've gone back and forth with him a couple of times on Twitter uh, in DMs, and he has gotten that stuff for a while, too. Like, it is nonstop. <laughs> it, got, it got to the point at one point where he shut down uh, comments on posts. Three days ago. Okay. That post was two days ago. Three days ago. Construction update. February 24th, 2023. One, he, he posts a bunch of pictures of the new suites or the renovated suites. You know, they, they rebuilt all the suites above the main grandstands and stuff. And he's got pictures of those and the entry gate redesign and expansion. Uh, this person, Kevin Klein, chimes in and says, I can't see NASCAR ever, ever going there too small. Wrong too. It's T-O instead of T-O-O. But it's like... What are you trying to accomplish with this? Like, what are you genuinely trying to do? And how do you not know that they're not coming back? Or how do you not know that they are coming back? I, I'm sorry. I yes. worded that improperly. Yeah. They're literally doing all this work because they're bringing the freaking all-star race there, you moron. The reply was great. The Why was sp- that the Darf comment of the week? Oh, because it was too easy. I wanted fun. Okay. (laughs) Save the Speedway replies to this idiot by saying, "Uh, does anybody else want to take this one? (laughs) That sounds like him. (laughs) Because it's like, how how goddamn stupid are you? You follow this page and you don't have any idea that they're going to have the all-star race back at North Wilkesboro. What a moron. It's like, oh, my God. This is why. This is why I say that NASCAR (laughs) fans are the worst in all of sports. You can't read it on the wall. The pictures, by the way, if you haven't gone to Save the Speedway's Facebook or Twitter page or whatever and seen the pictures, they're fantastic. Like, the the progress being made is amazing. Like, they're building... I, what kind of... They're really up against it. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Um, they've got a lot of the grandstands, like the backstretch grandstands are gone. A lot of the infield stuff is gone. They're trying so hard to build this stuff at a breakneck pace and it's it's coming together 
But man, is it a tough undertaking. They have to basically completely rebuild a racetrack. And when you look at the footprint of this site, it is what? It's a five-eighths mile track, right? It's about the same size as Thompson. And they're redoing like 10 suites, the corner buildings, the infield, the garages, they're paving, they're putting all new concrete walls in, which are done. They're doing... The they're building a, an entire brand new building over in turn four. Yeah, they're basically putting... A, they're almost rebuilding an entire racetrack. You know what I mean? Uh, four days ago, they said the safer barriers are about 60-70% complete. Uh, they've got hand-painted signs going up, which is going to be really cool. Uh, I know that they've done a little bit of work to the scoring pylon to try to clean that up. I think they left the original one there. Yeah, they they just rebuilt the original one is what they were saying. Yeah, they are like I said, they're almost working around the clock to put this thing together. Like the, the safe, nice weather has been really helpful to them. Yeah, they've had some real good like warm weather down there. And uh like I said, I'm I'm looking at these pictures. They got all brand new fencing, walls, safer barriers. Uh they redid the suites, the tower. Like I said, I already went through all this, but it is just amazing the amount of work that goes into this. And we're almost to March. They got like two, yeah, probably two full months of work left before the race. And man, it's going to come down to the wire. I know that they're not going to finish everything that they want to do, but it's going to look clean when they're done. But when you look at the pictures of the track, they literally have different construction crews. Like there's a whole set of guys working on building the, the suites and renovating those. And there's a whole other set of guys that are a construction crew that's building the towers and the, and the building off turn four. And there's a whole other set, like there's different, all sorts of different construction people in different groups. It's all different companies, all doing everything at once. It is a huge undertaking and it's actually fascinating to watch. Let's not forget too. They're paving. They or they paved the entire infield. They leveled and paved it. Yep. And they're still going to put up temporary garages, I guess. Yeah, it's probably just going to be an open air. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to yeah. do, but probably just. Oh, and they got all thing, brand but... new LED Musco lighting. Oh, that's going up too, I believe. Right. Yes. They they put all the footings in. They just got to raise the poles once the asphalt in the infield is done. Oh, they're putting them all in the inf- – oh, they're are they putting – they're doing something like uh, Thompson Stafford, right, where they put the front stretch lights behind the grandstands and then they put the back stretch lights in the infield so that no lights actually shine towards, like, fans. I, be- I believe so. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're going to do for – it kind of stinks because, like, right before North Wilkesboro closed, they had all these brand-new grandstands built all the way down the back stretch. And they had all suites above them. So they had front stretch and back stretch suites. They had all the seating. What stinks is that they, I think they had to tear down all the back stretch stuff. So all the back stretch grandstands and seating and suites are all gone. So it's like, ah, that sucks. Because that really decreases the capacity by a lot. Yeah, I think that place held like 45,000 people and now it only holds 30. Yeah, which sucks. And that's. That's the worst part because I think the turns one and two grandstands were a lot older than the backstretch grandstands. Like the grandstands and the backstretch were only put in like a few years before they closed. And then they closed. And that stinks. So 
I don't know if they took them down to reuse and they're going to reuse them because they had to do something with the ground or whatever, but I don't know. So we'll be keeping a close eye on the whole North Wilkesboro rebuilding situation. And I think that segues perfectly into talking about California Speedway's land sale. Anybody else hear about what's going on in California for that? Oof. That's a, there's a lot going on. Like a ton. Um, I wish NASCAR would just be a promoter and not a track owner. Yeah. Because I think with a real estate mind instead of a racing mind. I agree. Um, what? I just read something about... Oh, I'll get back to it when I, when I get to it. Uh, but no, they were talking about how California Speedway, they're going to have their last race, or they just, they just did have their last race this weekend as the two-mile track. But to be completely fair, I think everybody here is in agreement that we don't even know if they're going to rebuild that track into a half-mile track or not. Uh, we have no clue. Uh, we have our own prevailing theories about what's going on. We, I th- yeah, I think uh, you're trying to say is that it, are they going to rebuild it as a racetrack or not? Yeah, see, the backstory behind this is I believe Adam Stern broke a story uh, with another writer, David Broughton, for Sports Business Journal. And uh, to read some of the article, I'll go through it. It said the sale price was not immediately able to be confirmed, but the documents shown uh, that a transfer tax payment of $598,064 was made as part of the sale agreement, which through California's real estate conversion rate suggests that NASCAR sold the plot of land, and I'll get into how big it was, uh, for around $544 million. Uh, NASCAR declined the comment this week on the documents, but sources said the sanctioning body had closed on a land sale at Auto Club Speedway. Now, Auto Club Speedway was built in about, I think they broke ground in 1995. First race was 1997. It was built by Roger Penske and his associates because uh, he owned that track. He owned Michigan. I think he might have sold those off to NASCAR. I'm not sure if he sold Michigan or not, but he did sell Auto Club, I'm pretty sure, off to ISC. Uh, let's see here. A document filed to the California Environmental Quality Act website indicates that the, quote, Speedway Commerce Center, end quote, area uh, that this person was selling on behalf of NASCAR included 433 acres on the roughly 522-acre site. Uh, NASCAR has retained the remainder of the land. So that means uh, it was about 89 acres, I want to say. So let's just round yeah. it up to 90. Say about 90 acres. Yeah, 90 acres. All right. So I have my own personal opinions here, and it's that um, it's going to 89 acres. All right, let's do some math. Let's do some thinking here. Now, Jeff Gluck reported, how does that compare to the footprint of other short tracks, including parking and camping, which is what this encapsulates as well? How does that uh, compare to the footprint of other tracks? According to track websites, uh, Martinsville, half mile, their property is 340 acres. That's a lot. Not as much as Bristol Motor Speedway, which is another half mile. They have 670 acres. Yeah, they have a drag strip, though, too. Right, but, but you that's also a lot of land. It's a ton of land, but you also have to take into account that Bristol, yeah, it's a dual-use facility. 
But Bristol has what capacity for at least a hundred thousand people. Yes. So you're going to need a lot of parking. Got to put them somewhere. Right. And I know that we saw the proposed plans for what people wanted to do with California and the or the at least the remainder of California. Yeah. And they wanted to use most of the front stretch and some of pit road to t- try to create some weird short track thing. Yeah. Which I, some kind of uh, you know crack pipe short track idea kind yeah, of. Yeah. Some two third conglomeration. So. How many seats would you think that would be? About thirty to forty thousand, because they got big stack up in the back of it as well. They got height behind those seats. Yeah, like forty thousand. That's a conservative estimate. It's thirty to forty thousand. All right. Why don't we compare the eighty-nine acres and supposed thirty to forty thousand seats that would be available to our local short tracks? All right. Jesse and I did some digging. Stafford Motor Speedway, uh, on their town website, it was claimed to be 40, but they have different parcels of land as well. There's adjacent lands. There's adjacent lands that are all owned by the same people. Yeah. Do your roots. Yeah. They are adjoining properties, but different parcels. I did my own measuring and I figured out that it's approximately the total land mass is about 72.8 acres. Yeah. According to Google Maps and a little bit of calculating. Okay, so it's approximately that big with all the adjoining adjoining properties joined together. And what's their capacity? About About 8 to 10,000? Yeah. They don't use that whole property, though. I don't think. There's a little bit that's... It's available if they need to. Yeah, it's available if needed. Yeah, Yeah. because they could use it for parking. You know, could be, you know, there's other things on the land. Camping, too. et cetera. Yeah, there's a driving range and Yeah. Yeah. Again. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go to to Waterford. I actually kind of nailed this one because we looked it up on the GIS website and we also did Google Maps uh tracing. And I calculated that it's about twenty six acres, and according to the GIS, it's twenty six point seven two acres. That was going to be the exact number in my head is 26. Yeah, it's Waterford. It's not a big plot of land, so. Well, the land used to be a lot more until Terry Ames sold a giant chunk of the property off to the Harvey Harvey. Harvey Corporation. That's right. And they lost a big chunk of land for that. So now it's only 26. It used to be about 40, I think. Um. So in their capacity, well, back when the old grandstands was about eight thousand. Uh, now it's about three or thirty five hundred. I can't remember how much it is, but it's a, not a lot. Uh, let's see, Thompson. This one surprised me. According to the GIS website, we calculated the track property, which actually uh, also encompasses some of the lake, like half can, or three. Can I take a stab at this? half or three quarters of the lake. It also does the, uh, is that the go-kart track as well, Jess, you think? Yeah, it's go-kart track. It, yeah, it looks like the property line is not quite on the uh, golf course side of the road, like where the clubhouse is, but it's just the racetrack property. All right, Phil, take a crack at it. So just the racetrack property, not the ex-wives or any of that stuff. Not the, yeah, not the... Golf course, not the farm adjacent. No, we're talking just the racetrack property. Oh, that's different then. Uh, with the quarter midget track. With the quarter midget track? Yep. 
85. I calculated the usable land is about 92. The GIS website says it's 163.7. What? I didn't calculate all the little side plots and all the little stuff that they had. I kind of cut it off at the lake, but apparently they have a lot more further back than I thought. Oh, there's there's a ton of land there. Yeah, it's a lot more than I thought. So they have, it says 163.7. I'm not sure if that's part of some of the golf course or not. I have no idea. But I I did some tracing, and I said it was about 92-ish. But that's that's basically just what we use. That's not the full property. Um, and their capacity in the grandstands is about twelve thousand, minus the splinter or two here and there, or a hole <laughs> from a broken board. Yeah, or standing room only. Uh, Over under on when those grandstands finally collapse. Oh. It'll, um, I'm not going to go there because that's my home track and I love the place. I, I love the place to death, but God <laughs> damn, those grandstands are terrifying. Please just do something, anything. Uh, all right, so we went to Seekonk next. And I didn't believe the GIS website because they said it was only 15 acres. And then we did digging and found out that they own, like, what, 15 different plots it's, of land in the same spot. So yeah. all of them have different values. Yeah. So we actually traced it, and it came out to about 53 acres, which I believe because we've been around Seekonk, and we've been in those back lots, and it's pretty expansive. Wouldn't you agree, yeah, Phil? At, at one point, they were talking about putting, I think, an eighth-mile track back there. Like a drag uh, strip. Oh, a drag strip? They could they could yeah. get away with it. Oh, there's plenty of room. Now, my, That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be great. Um, Irwindale has one of those. Um, speaking of speaking of but I wanted to go to this first this is my prevailing theory as to what could possibly be happening with California there's a couple different things number one is I really don't think that you're going to see cup racing in California again other than other than Sonoma and the clash and the clash Uh, I don't think they're going to go back to the auto club site Uh, or um, what they're going to do is they're going to build a short track there and what I mean by that is they might build some kind of Irwindale replacement. Because Irwindale's been on the chopping block for how long? 20 years? I mean, that it's place, been sold back and forth, back and forth, yeah, back and lives. forth. It's California's Waterford. It really is. It really is, yeah. And it's ridiculous because it's a beautiful place. I mean, Kern County Speedway is an absolute diamond in the rough where it's a awesome racetrack that no one really knows about because I think what Mesa Marin went under and they built Kern County to replace it basically. Yeah. Kern County got built on the other side of the highway. And that's a nice place. They just need more seats. Uh, yes. But that's a, that's like a one mile track. Is it one mile or no, it's a three quarter mile track, but it's like a, yeah, I think it's, three quarter. it's a D oval. It looks like Las Vegas, but if it was less than a mile. Super, super fast track. It's a cool track. Kern County is cool. Um, but yeah, if Irwin, that's my kind of theory. It's that it could be NASCAR because I think ISC is having some debt issues. Jess, do you have any idea of what could be going on with that? Yeah, there's a, there's a few hundred. They're trying to make, uh, make the reports a little bit better for profits and whatnot. For investors, especially in a downturn economy, to the shareholders, mm-hmm. yeah, they have a few hundred million dollars in debt. Yeah, 
So if they sell this giant chunk off, pay off that debt, and then turn it into a profit, then then they could uh, increase which uh, yeah. market price. They were they were about three hundred million dollars in debt, and they just sold this for approximately what five hundred and forty four. So they're gonna make money on this. But with a corporation that big, you could go in, you know, three hundred million dollars in debt. But that could just be operating debt. That could just be a recycling debt. That's uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Recurrent. So I mean, it's I don't know. Well, but, and especially with the new contract for the TV deals being negotiated and coming up, it's important for them to get that squared away. So I kind of understand it from that aspect too. Right, and like I said last week, they have. Uh, SMI doing them a solid by bringing back a historic racetrack that people have been clamoring for that's going to bring a lot of viewership. So California, with the fact that NASCAR has probably had the most big league NASCAR tracks uh, on in, well, the modern era, go under being in California. Let's just, yeah, let's be fair. Yeah. RIP Riverside, RIP Ontario. Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going down the list. Um, it would make sense for them to shutter a track that doesn't get a heck of a lot of of attention on attendance. I mean, again, you look at ratios, and we looked at the Clash at the Coliseum, and they had a 75,000-seat arena that they put 50,000 people in. And if there is a f- 18 million people in the, Los Angel- the greater Los Angeles area and you can't pull 50,000, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but that market probably doesn't care. You know what I mean? So retreat back home and you'll get the viewership and the attendance back. Yeah, that whole California is our largest market. It sounds like a giant cope. If you, we've gone over in yeah. this, in this show, we have gone over the top 10 rated areas for NASCAR. California is not even in the top 10. No. New England, where we live, the Hartford area was like fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Bulldoze the north side and put a racetrack in. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Take the north end and level it. Yeah, north end of Hartford. Yes. It's all garbage anyway. You can't. It's like, it's like mini Detroit. You can buy a house for like fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> was that a gunshot? No, it was just a motorcycle backfiring. Yeah, yeah. Hard. That happened to me once. I was in the north end of Hartford I at a. Sh- at a you're talking to. I was at a bad religion show in the north end of Hartford and. uh <laughs> the wife just texted me uh no but uh a motorcycle drove by while we were waiting to get into the show and everybody hit the deck so that's that's the north end of hartford uh i haven't been back since uh but anyway yeah i mean never it's, never had the pleasure uh be grateful because hartford's a dump anyway um yeah what were we talking about yeah california so it would kind of make sense to me if they took this land and the the uh, what is it called the infrastructure that already exists, and they did a goodwill program. Now everybody's been kind of all over NASCAR for a long time, especially recently, about how they seemingly don't care about short tracks and how they don't care about the weekly program. And we've harped forever about that. Correct. Yeah. Now, oh, with Irwindale in some kind of perpetual trouble, it seems, right? What if they took this property and created their own and owned their own type of Irwindale and 
basically made that like an olive branch of peace to the weekly series guys where they say, hey, you know, we own this track. If Irwindale goes under, you're going to have a place to go or why not go both until it goes under or if it goes under? You know what I mean? Because it's we just read off a whole ton of the property uh, sizes and acreages, right? But we didn't read off Irwindale. However, I have those numbers. Now, remember, Seekonk, 53 acres, Stafford, 72-ish, Waterford's 26, Thompson, gigantic. These guys have 89 acres to play with and an existent racetrack, somewhat infrastructure still there. They could build something off of this. Irwindale, with the drag strip, is 63 acres. Not a lot of places to park. No, it is a... Or go poop. It is shoehorned in, but they make it work. It is possible. You know, they have an eighth mile. It's a big rectangle, and it is sandwiched between industrial sites, like rock-crushing quarries and stuff, like on both sides of the road. So I don't even know what they would try to build there, like a trucking center. They don't even need it. There's one next door. You don't, whatever, who cares? Um, Most race tracks that get tore down these days turn into junkyards. That is true. I mean, look at... uh, A lot of them. Concord. Concord, yes. That's what I was just going to say. Concord's gone. Concord before I get hung. It's Concord in New Hampshire. Uh, (laughs) They could be right. I don't know. But yeah, Concord, um, it's gone. If you've looked at satellite photos, it's all gone. It's a parking lot. Like, just... It's a, overnight. It's a dust bowl with junk cars. Yeah, overnight. Uh, what's the one in Wisconsin? What's it, Wisconsin? No, what the hell is it that's going to be going Nebraska. away? Nebraska. After 75 years? Illinois, Rockford. Rockford. Yeah, that's another great track. And after 75 years, that's going away. Um, But yeah, like I said, what if this is an olive branch? I'm just kind of throwing a conspiracy theory. Well, it's not really a conspiracy theory. It's kind of an idea. What if they're going to build like a weekly type of track out of this because they only have 89 acres? You can't get parking for 40,000, 50,000 people on 89 acres and still have a they racetrack. They said they were going to lease out parking, though. That's what I They still very don't Gentlemen, I have a question for you. They very well could. That could be a third possibility as I well. I have a question for you guys. Hmm. As homeowners, now... Ugh, don't remind me. Yes. <laughs> Gentlemen, if what would you... How would you think about the possibility of selling your homes and then living there and renting to the new owners? No. <laughs> that's, that's what I feel. That's how retarded it sounds that they're going to lease the, tr- lease the parking from the people that they sold it to. No, that's. I'm just saying what Bob Parker said. I know, I know. I'm not. I'm not I, judging you, but I'm just saying. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying that that's just the dumbest idea I could think of to come up with. I just wish that NASCAR. I'm not renting my house. Would stop <laughs> being cryptic when it comes to stuff like this. If you just be transparent, just tell us. You know, just tell us. There's no need to just hide this shit. Denny Hamlin doesn't think that there's going to be racing there at uh, California Speedway. To be fair, I don't on either. Po- on his po- on his podcast, he, he let a number of things go this week. It's a good. It's a. He's a, got a good podcast. It's I got to listen to this. I've heard that he's yeah. uh, quite entertaining, and he just he's like he's over forty. His 
Twilight years are here for racing. He's moving into ownership. I don't think he cares anymore. I think he's just leaving the closet door open and saying, everybody yeah, out. He, yeah, he just he mentioned that, uh, yeah, California, probably not going to happen. I to be Probably fair, not going to happen. To be fair, that's my prevailing thought right yeah. now. You know, oh, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Because, I can't argue against it. That's well, for sure. Steve O'Donnell, Captain Cryptic himself, said that they were reevaluating their their market reach or stance or whatever in Southern California. And I'm like, okay, so that means you're not coming back. They're, they're, they're abandoning it. <laughs> Goodbye. They're abandoning it. Goodbye. Thanks Which, for the memories. Which, to be fair, is something I told them to do. You know, well, they did sell out that race, though. Did they? Did uh, you see the grandstands? Well, that's what they said. They they did sell out. Mike but. Joy brought up a good point, though, because there were a lot of pundits who just said what I said and saying, oh, well, did you see the grandstands all race? And Mike Joy's like, well, sorry, we couldn't make them sit in cold seats, and then everybody sits in their seats all at once just to get a good picture for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Okay, that shut me up pretty quick. It was miserably cold out there, I was told by a number of people. I mean, for Southern Californians, I think that it 45, 50 degrees is pretty... snowed. Yeah, it's pretty damn cold. There was snow in the mountains. You know, There was snow at the racetrack. Yeah, I mean, no, it stayed out there, though. There was snow on the mountain, snow-capped oh, yeah. mountains out there. I'm not a fan of sitting in windy, cold, 45-degree, raw, rainy snow <laughs> and weather they were, either. They were probably no, aluminum not bleachers. Not, not happy about it. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, wood bleachers aren't so bad because wood's kind of an insulator, but aluminum is just bitter. It's Ew. bitter. That reflects all the awful elements of heat and cold. Yeah, that's just awful. I mean, unless it's a, unless it is a cloudy sixty-eight degree day. <laughs> did, I didn't go sixty-nine because I'm not twenty twelve. Either but one yeah. doesn't matter. What yeah. about seventy-one? Just is there it you seventy-one go. degrees. Now that's a degenerate. There you go. <laughs> I've had to bring the degeneracy back. But yeah, that's uh yeah, unless it's that yeah, it's going to be one extreme to the next. Now, as this racetrack is probably going under, uh I actually did a little bit of research and I found this website called frcs.pro. And they actually list I think all of the defunct and inactive tracks in the NASCAR Cup Series. Now, they do preface this by saying that some of these tracks remain today, but others are completely gone. And uh, they have a huge list of tracks that used to be raced at on the cup schedule. And it is fascinating to look at. I mean, uh, you look at places like, there, let me, I can't read this. I got to make it larger. Uh, they have some statistics. I don't think it's completely up to date to today, like right now. But they said that uh, 52% of all cup races held took place at defunct or inactive tracks that are not on the schedule anymore. Uh, 89 of those, or 89% of those were short tracks, 2% were intermediates, 1% were super speedways, and 6% of those were road courses. Uh, there's a lot of really cool information on here and places that I've never heard of, and they, they're they actually pretty close to here. Now, uh a lot of them in California. There's a few in Los Angeles. Like they went to Ascot for three races from 57 to 61. Uh, I wonder if I can sort this by location. Yes, no, maybe so. Nope, cannot. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
it's just fascinating to look at. So if you got some time, go check that out because there's a lot of racetracks on there you never would think of. Like SRX went to Sharon Speedway, which is Dave Blaney's track. Well, apparently the Cup Series went there in 1954 for one race. Who knew? It's pretty fascinating. I, I enjoy reading stuff like this. Um, yeah, I don't know where to dig up that information, but that's they're doing God's work. Like they did 12 races at Concord. Or Concord, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Greenville Pickens, they, they ran... like three or four at Thompson. They did, yeah. It's uh, They did like 29 at Greenville Pickens and 35 cup races at Hickory. And um, Let me see. Can I find Thompson on here? I bet you I can. L-M-N-O-Q-R-S-T. Let's see. Thompson, Connecticut, short track. Three. Yeah, it says first was in 1951, last was in 1970. And they list it as a half mile, which is incorrect. It's a five-eighths mile. Wrong. But they got close. Kentucky Speedway. Oh, they ran 26 races there. I don't know if they ran 26 cup races there. But anyway, like I said, there's... Oh, New York State Fairgrounds at Syracuse? Huh. Anyway, like I said, it's a really interesting... uh, Read if you go check that website out, frcs.pro. Never heard of the end on that, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I can move it on finally. What do you think? It's time to stop. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't used that one in a while. Denny Amlin mentioned on his podcast that NASCAR is looking into, quote, grooved tires to make the cars, quote, more out of control. Jesse clued me in on this, I think, because I know he listens to that show, and I've I got to catch up on it. Yeah, he's not the first one I've heard mention that either. You know, it sounds an awful lot like when Formula One did the same thing, but they did it for a different reason. They did it because the tires were getting too hot because right. they were going way too fast for the tire technology. Yeah, they had they had ridiculous straight line speed, and those cars that was the were Monsters V10 up. era. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm the one who hates Formula One the most, but I know that little fact. Yeah, they put groove. They had groove tires to dissipate the heat. Yeah, that that was for safety. Yeah, but these guys are exploring groove tires to take a little handling away, because he said that also known as unsafety. Right. He said, "Yeah, NASCAR doesn't go the way of safety. They they go, they go the way of." unsafety (laughs) he said that there's no way there'll be more horsepower and that drivers and fans should stop asking because if anything nascar wants to take away more power but this option of reducing grip could make it feel like a driver has more power because it reduces the power to grip ratio like i've talked about on the show yeah he said it'd be like it'd be like giving the cars like a thousand horsepower or whatever it'll drive like it does yeah i'm interested to see that might be interesting Aren't they doing something very similar to this by but but with having that short course rain tire, like they tested that at Martinsville and something else like uh, New Hampshire or something like that. If they have a damp racetrack, they have these new tires out for that. I yeah, guess. rain tires use a different compound though. It's so much softer. Yeah, but these were not really rain tires. They were like grooved racing like dry tires. And they they were going to use them in damp conditions, not like hmm. full wet, but just kind of like, oh, hey, the track is mo- the track is mostly dry, so let's just go out there on those. But they're the same compound. Well, that's as a dry quick tires. way to make it a single groove racetrack because once one lane dries, you put on the friggin' slicks and then dust everyone. Well, <laughs> maybe because then you got a pit. I mean, 
And plus, what if the tires overheat? You know what I mean? What if cutting grooves in them, the contact patch is smaller, it overheats that contact patch, and you got to run in the wet. So that's actually faster. I don't know. No. I'm not an engineer. Can you imagine them ripping the top at Martinsville wet? <laughs> I think Ross Chastain did that. They made a rule against it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. But anyway, um, what other – I'm just going to ask you guys right off the top of your heads because you you pay attention and you know. Uh, what other gimmicks for competition have you seen or remember sanctioning bodies doing? Um, like – Remember the wicker bill or the huge spoilers with the gurney flaps? Uh, do you remember? This is kind of the anti thing. It was the restrictor plates at New Hampshire Motor Speedway when Jeff Burton led all 300 laps. That was going to be mine. <laughs> yeah. So, do you remember any of those and why they went away? Because I remember the wicker bill. And I, I remember. Because it sucked. Well, I remember Dale Earnhardt. That was his last win was 2000 at Talladega. They had the wicker bills on the roof. Yep. And he went from the teens or whatever to some magical race, you know, winning drive up through the field and won his final race in 2000 at Talladega. But, yeah, I don't. I remember the wicker bills, but I don't remember them being super effective to the point that that's what they were looking for. No, the racing always just seemed stale every time they tried one of those gimmicks. Right. Like, they're talking now about taking the the new short track package they're talking about is some underbody arrow changes, diffuser changes, and the, they just took the spoiler completely off the car and left the mounting blade, which is an inch or whatever. Yikes. The drivers loved it. Really? So, yeah, they were all loving it. Was it for short track use or? Short track all the way up to, like, they tested it at Phoenix is where they tested this. Huh. And they said the cars were moving around and sliding around, but they they got to get the cars more reliant on mechanical grip and stop using the underbody of these cars. I'll say it again. Uh, the, the car was a very interesting concept. It was very interesting in theory. It's just really proving to not be the answer in practice, and that sucks. Because we've already invested. It should have died at the prototype stage. It's Yeah, Jesse's right. It is good on mile and a half. It's good on two-mile tracks like Michigan and California. Um, you know, what they should have done, if they really wanted to do this right, to me, if they Oops. want to embrace stock car, what a bigger, heavier, super late model. Basically and put a real-looking body on it. That's funny because they used to kind of do those things, and then the, they used to make a big, super heavy, late, super late model, and then the late models used to be called the Sportsman Division. <laughs> that's right. Huh, that's then, weird. No, they, but I mean, you can go with they were raced on short tracks in, in bigger tires and whatnot. But are you like, saying to re- make it look like a real car? Yeah, you say you know, uh, return like the to the Charlotte your, Sportsman Series. Return to your roots in a way. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. I don't is that know what, what you're saying, is. Phil? I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of agree with you of, a lot. The The order of racing yesterday, to me, was the, the correct tiers of this sport at the moment, too, as far as car. Yeah, because the Xfinity car is better. It, is. it just is. <laughs> it has the, been all, the all last year. The car, in my and... opinion, would, would make a great Xfinity car because it's the same damn car for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's funny, you, you're asking the, the most expensive teams to save the money, and then, but that car that was, used to be too expensive went to your budget division, quote unquote, the Xfinity teams. Yep. So, how come they have to re- endure all this cost? For no benefit. And all the chassis that that used to be old cup cars, they have to change the front clip anyway. Well, here's the the fun part of the Xfinity series is that they got all the hand-me-down parts, but they did exactly with the Xfinity series what they should have did with the cup series. Look at Xfinity and look at the difference in what they did at Just California just this weekend. Uh, They all have the composite bodies, which then got instituted into cup. They still have the same chassis, which they still race just fine with these composite bodies. Xfinity Series has it figured out. Uh, they have a rule where you have to run an engine a specific amount of races, and you get like half the amount of tires. And all of it's in a measure of cost savings, and the racing is still fantastic. What's the problem? What are we fixing? Yeah, what were we fixing when we already had it and it was already in the Xfinity series? They're chasing a, a pretend fan. Well, you know what? They're tracing the they're <laughs> tracing the dragon because they're on smack. I told <laughs> I Adam, like I said, Adam Gata tagged me in that thing, and he says, "You're right. Race fans are the worst fans." And I I said unequivocally, I said, "You know, every time I see dumb stuff coming out of race fans' mouths." and destroying the sport, I can see why NASCAR is chasing new fans because the old ones don't deserve it. It's true. They are the <laughs> roughest ones. Right? Yeah. So it's like, well, maybe they are chasing a new fan, but let's be fair. The cup car was a great idea. They invested a whole shitload of money into it, and just it's just not what they need. You it's know? over-engineered. They just needed to go with the, the whatever the Xfinity series was doing. The cars race fine. You don't have a lot of parity between the manufacturers. They can win in any different type of car. They still have some brand identity, and they race like hell, you know. And they're good pretty much everywhere. I don't. I don't know. We didn't need to reinvent the wheel, and we did. And it's just kind of like it's just it's in it's really frustrating. That's all. And it's like we're trying. It's okay for a stock car to be a stock car. You can have a truck arm. Rear-wheel drive, steel chassis car, just change the body to look a little different. It's fine. It doesn't matter what's underneath it. You know, IndyCar fans don't care that a Honda looks like a Chevy. You know what I mean? Because because they don't care. It's the same goddamn car. They just have different engines. IndyCar racing was fantastic last year. It was great. It's Formula One. Guess what? The IndyCar has (laughs) been the same car for the past twelve years. Well, with the little differences here and there, but I mean, the DW12 is a little different than this car. The DW, the Delara in 2006 is a little different than this one. Well, the DW, they're still racing the DW12. Yeah, I know, but they made body changes to it. A little body changes in yeah. 18. Yeah, or whatever. It's after it races 11, a lot better after now. 11 years. It races better. Yeah, but what was wrong with it? Nothing. It's exactly. Awesome. <laughs> they changed a couple little peripherals on it, and it races great. It's a fighter jet with four wheels. It's awesome. It is awesome. I mean, like I said, no one gives a damn about brand identity more than NASCAR fans, and it is a white, it is a, was it, non-sec, no, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. but A straw man? Yeah, we'll just go with that. 
Uh, it's something that just doesn't matter. It's a, something, an outlying thing that really... You, yeah. we're, it's another thing that we're going and looking back at the past and saying, well, yeah, you could you could pick out a Pontiac and a Buick and an Oldsmobile and a you know a Ford and a, a Lincoln, and you, can fi- you could pick out all these cars. But the racing, the parity was so wide, you'd have guys winning by three laps, and the racing was kind of... The racing amongst other cars was technically boring, even though they were much different. I mean, it was a completely different animal because... The cars actually raced a lot harder, I would say, because the tire technology sucked and the chassis suspension and the suspension technology sucked. And it was more down to the drivers and it was a lot more daring and dangerous. So that's why people it was more romantic when it was more dangerous. So it it attracted people into the sport. And I can go on a huge diatribe about that, but I will someday. But you know what nostalgia is? Rose colored spectacles. No, it is. (laughs) It is a state of mind when you return to the state you last had hope. That's true, yes. You were safe, you were comfortable, and you also had optimism. Yeah. That's what nostalgia is. Yeah. A return to hope. Yep, I agree. And now we just cope. Yep, as a middle-aged man, I agree with that fully. (laughs) Fully. (laughs) Phil will too when he approaches 40, whenever he gets there. Existential. Dude, I'm getting close. I'm Wait till you get now. old and gray. Hey, the existential dread will creep in as quickly as possible. I don't want to hear about anybody in this room or this chat <laughs> complaining about being gray. You've seen my head. Oh, I've been gray since I was in my 20s. I don't give a damn about that. Anyway. You're silver fox, dude. Why don't we you move on? so much tail bumper. <laughs> bumper tail? Uh, no, I was, anyway, I was, trim. I was trying not to be crass. I thought you were going to go say trim, but, you know, we were in... No, forget it. I was going to say Good pussy. Good Lord, what are we in? <laughs> seventh grade here? I was going to say pussy, but, you know... It's I just say, like, well, just, 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 <laughs> let's just be skanks about it. Okay. Again, we're just trailing back towards nostalgia and using slang that we had in our youth. Anyway. Yeah. How about you get some strange... <laughs> Lord, isn't that a Canadian term? I don't know. Uh, so why don't we move it on to eye racing? Because well, Phil and I typically do a lot of that, and there was some news dropped today about some updates to it. And a lot of you probably don't give a damn, but if you actually had eye racing, you'd figure out that it's actually really fun. Well, and- it involves Saint Dale the Second of Canapolis, I think. Yes, it does. Um, Phil, did you hear about this? I, besides the late model stock, I don't know anything else that's going on. Yeah, the late model stock is coming to iRacing, like the Cars Tour late model stock. Yep. All right. So uh, it says 3,100 pounds. Late model stock produces more than 400 horsepower, you know, whatever. All right. So what's interesting to me is, and I don't, I know people aren't going to care about the iRacing segment, but I do. So I'm, so this is the Cars Tour late model that Kevin Harvick, Dale Jr., and, I can't remember who else owns it. Two more guys. I forget who the hell yeah. invested Justin in Justin Marks and Jeff Burton. Oh, yeah, those guys. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. so it's a NASCAR thing, and they own the series, and it's yeah. now coming to iRacing. NASCAR... This is the escape plan for when they all abandoned NASCAR for their bullshit. NASCAR has late model stocks in the Mid-Atlantic, and the Cars Tour is pretty big, so they're all late model stocks as well. The Mid-Atlantic, uh, these are pretty cool cars, but uh, apparently it's coming to iRacing, and... Season two, I don't know when that is. It's coming up pretty quick, I guess, right? 
Um, but if you own the current late model, the Chevrolet SS, uh, they are going to be... This is something I've never heard of iRacing doing. They're getting rid of it forever. They're retiring it. They're not even making it a legacy car. Um, you're, but That's you're, a bummer. Not really, because you will receive the late model stock for free if you own that car. They're going to completely replace it. They said, however, I, uh, this is why I'm announcing this, because I wanted to put the word out there to any iRacers who were interested. Uh, iRacers who would like to retain their replays using the old car are advised to capture photo and video content before the 2023 Season 2 build, as those replays will no longer function. Oh, in addition, this is up Phil's alley. AI will immediately be available for the late model, uh, for the late model stock, but users will need to recreate their AI rosters. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going to have to re-enter Harry Butts. <laughs> Slim Cox over here. Um, <laughs> see more butts. Uh, so that's cool. I can't wait to do that. That'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have to add that into our rotation, and we do have our own private iRacing league that if you're a complete bum or jerk-off, we're not going to add you to or we're going to boot you from. I think we only have like eight or nine guys that like show up regularly <laughs> anyway. It's but, usually a really good time, though. Like, we race each other so goddamn hard. Yeah, but what works about our league is that we don't keep points, and we race, like, what, two to four times a week? And yeah, we'll race we, Tuesday and Thursday night, usually double headers. And we don't take it seriously. Like, if you get wrecked, it's like, oh, sorry about that. Oh, no biggie. And, like, we throw yellow, and we all bunch back up and go again. It's just it's just not no taking... No damage. Yeah. yeah. We don't take it seriously. It's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, it's a hell of a lot more fun than, than actual racing because I don't want to get all stressed out if I get wrecked. Like, whatever, reset button, you know. Or rage quit. Or just rage quit. Yeah, I'm good for that a few times. Alt F4. <laughs> Goodbye. But yeah, I figured I'd pass along that news. That's going to be pretty fun. Uh, if, if you want to join us and you're not a raging twat waffle on iRacing, let me know. Yeah, DM either of us. Jesse wants to race, but his internet sucks. But we're working on it. We're going to try to get him some. I have to draw the iRaces on paper. Yeah, he just... It's semaphore. It's like smoke signals. It's whatever other antiquated communications device I can think of. Oh, Morse code. Yeah, he dials in. Yeah. Soup cans and a string. Yep. So, all right. Why don't we get on to some actual racing news here? We've done enough of uh, hypotheticals. Do you call the Cup Series actual racing? I thought it was. I thought it was pretty great. I thought it was pretty good this weekend, too. I mean, the Jeff Gluck poll was like 91% yes to 9% no, I think. That was Imagine a being those nine people or 9% of people. You know what? I'm actually going to look up to see if that change. It didn't really change. <laughs> 90.4% said yes. 9.6% said no. It wasn't bad. I wonder if that was, again, the nostalgia kicking in and saying, we're losing a racetrack. Yes, it was good. Well, yeah, it's funny because a lot of the pundits on NASCAR go, oh, I can't imagine fans actually wanting a, a intermediate mile and a half over a short track it's like well that doesn't really matter because race fans it was a good racetrack race fans want to keep a good racetrack going if it's a good racetrack it's a good racetrack 
Yeah, if it puts on good racing, it yeah. doesn't matter you don't what size it is. Go. You don't want to let that go. Yeah, you don't want to let that go. There is no, no magic potion to what makes a good racetrack. So you know what I mean? Like you could have another track that looks like Phoenix that's com- that's shaped like Phoenix that's the same length as Phoenix, but you make it in a different way and it races ten times better than Phoenix. You know what I mean? And it just somehow works like that. Like California, it just it's a two mile D shaped oval. It just races really well. Does Michigan race as well as California? Totally. Very close, right? Yeah. So it's not like it's just the two mile D oval thing. It's a combination of things. It's the car, it's the track. You know it's the asphalt aggregate. It's the asphalt, yeah, coming apart. Kentucky is a one and a half mile version of and it sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was okay. Or was that Nashville Super Speedway that I thought was okay? I think it was Nashville. Nashville Super Speedway is pretty damn good. Yeah. Nashville Super Speedway didn't race very well with the older versions of the car, which is why they got rid of it. And then they brought it back for this newer version of the car, and it's just immediately better. Well, mile because and a half. Jesse's right in saying that it's not the track, it's the car that races on it that determines whether or not it's a good track or not. Yes. So, I mean, this this car sucks on a short track. Yeah. You know what cars don't suck on a short track? Hey, Xfinity know? cars. <laughs> they don't I've, suck I've on a short track. I've said it for a year. You can't, you can't blame a stationary object. No, you really can't. Right. I mean, right. there's there's a lot of racetracks that I personally hey, don't like people, racing on. But... Hey, guess what? The, all these racetracks they talk about, I could think of good races on those from over the years. You always complain about Pocono being a crappy track. I could think of a few good ones. There's amazing races at Pocono that have I happened think over of, the years. I could think of good ones at Phoenix. Yeah, I can too. There's exciting things happen. However, like Phil said, it's the moving objects, not the stationary. The only good tracks fall. Here's the thing about Phoenix. The only good races I remember from Phoenix were from the old configuration of Phoenix, back when they had a start-finish line in the middle of a straightaway. Yeah. And they couldn't cut the corners. Yeah, Yeah, I hate that cutting the corner bullshit. Making the longer corner three and four, or you know, which is now, what, turn two? Yeah, turn one and two. It's turn one A, turn one a, two. two. No, a, the dog leg B. is technically turn one now, isn't it? Or no, is it just the dog leg? Yeah, I think it's just the I dog call leg. One A. I just call it turns two and whatever the hell it is over there. It used to be old three and four in at Phoenix. It used to race so much better because it was a longer corner and you could really manipulate it a little more, and it was action packed. Like remember Ryan Newman, just flat junking Kyle Larson for the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that yeah. was good. Yeah. Kyle Larson didn't think so, but I I think he understood. Clint Boyer, Jeff Gordon, joke at each other and fighting the piss out of each other. A real pisser. Alan oh. Kowicki's first win. Oh, amazing stuff! Just that really was Phoenix. Like I said, it's oh yeah, yeah. I, I just the new configuration of it sucks. It's not the track is gone; you can fix it. Yeah, but it's like eh, it's just really tough. They made it worse. Oh, you know, yeah. I should go into this first before we really go into the the uh, auto club stuff, just because it's a talking point and I, it's local. Uh, so I'm going to put California on hold for a second. But um, Stafford asked, "What are your top five modified drivers?" Because they quote tweeted Couch Racer because Freddie Kraft posted something. Is this just on Twitter? Top, let's hear your top five active modified drivers. Yeah, I found it on Twitter. I don't think it's on there. But Couch Racer, which is Freddie, uh, Freddie Kraft, posted Matt Hirschman, 
Jimmy Blewett, Ron Silk, Doug Kobe, Justin Bonsignor, honorable mention for Austin Beers. And I'm like, he said after the top spot, it may or may not be directly related to how many races I've spotted for each. I will make one change to his list. I would delete Jimmy Blewett and put um, Todd Owen. Thoughts? Now, wait a minute. Is this, is this just a touring mod thing? No, it just says top five active modified drivers. Where's Keith Rocco on this list? It's not on his list. It's weird. Yeah, no, for all the for all that he's won. <laughs> he just picked tour mod drivers, and I'm like, well, Todd's not bad in a tour mod, but he doesn't race the tour. You know what I mean? He races open modifieds, and he's actually pretty decent at them. Yeah. But, like, I would put him on the list. Austin Beers? Who the hell are you? <laughs> what have you done lately? He just likes the name Beer. Mm. Mahoning Valley out in that way. Yeah, well, their track is too small to be important. Um, no, I love, I, <laughs> I love Mahoning Valley. I'm sorry. I'm just used to like half miles or above around here. I don't care. So, something where you can go straight. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, straightaways are important because, you know, ah, whatever. But what would you think? Like he's like I said, I'll go over it again. His were Hirschman, Blewett, Silk, Kobe, Bonsignor. Add, subtract. I mean, I put. I at least have at least have Todd Owen and Keith Rocco in there. Yeah, it doesn't say tour mod. It just That's says weird. five active yeah, modified gotta, drivers. So I mean, uh, strange. Yeah, active. <laughs> okay. I'd say. I don't know Hirschman Kobe. I'm gonna throw Pit Cat on there because of his resurgence last year with that new '88 team. Oh, he was lights out. Yeah, his yeah, open modifier was awesome. Lights out. They didn't run the tour. I, yeah. I I want to put Keith Rocco on there, but he hasn't shown me anything the past couple of well, years. He's just kind of been a little yeah, off. Yeah, but you're also talking about he was a national champion. All-time active. It says, what are your top five active modified drivers? It, it doesn't matter lately. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's what I mean. If Bob Potter was still alive and just starting parking, I would put him. I'd on still that put list him on the list because he's know? still technically active. <laughs> you know, I would put, put him on there, and, and if we're gonna get nitty gritty and and consider active guys, Todd Zegedy. Where has he been at? He's been racing some tour mod stuff here and there. I know, but he's not really active. It's kind of part timer. You know what I mean? Still active. It's tough to. It's well. It's tough to deny Todd because he's a former champion and. You know, he's been All on right. the block a few um, times. Woody is a good pick because look at how many different teams the guy has raced for. And he's won bon in like Senior. he's won in like all of them too. You know? Woody is probably the most versatile driver on the list besides Ronnie Silk. Because he can race in any team and win in it, you know? Silk pretty much did that. Woody's I'll just say better bon at Senior it. instead of Todd. All right. I just figured I'd get your guys' opinions on this and see if you well, that's a good idea. came up with some ideas. But I mean, if we went top five all time, that's a whole different discussion. That's completely different. God, that's a that's going to be an all-nighter. <laughs> Cook, Evans, TC. Let's see. <laughs> Let's keep going. I ain't putting Bodine on there because I don't like him. <laughs> uh, not, I'm not putting Jimmy Spencer on there either. Okay, we're not going down this road right now. <laughs> no, we're, no, please no. All right. 
All right, let's get back to California because we were there, and then I kind of diverted us down the exit. All right, Xfinity Series got, what, snowed and rained out. Uh, I know they tried to roll off on Saturday, and that was a bad idea because they rolled around the racetrack for two or three laps, and it rained again after they got it dried. So they wasted a whole bunch of fuel in the jet dryers and the air titans and uh, parked them. So that was good. So they postponed them until 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday after the cup race. And I remember seeing Tyler Reddick tweet something saying, well, I'm glad I got the cup race to get me ready for the Xfinity later that night, which was kind of funny because he was doing the opposite, uh, which I thought was funny. Got to be, yeah, you got the headline <laughs> as an Xfinity guy. There you yeah, go. exactly. Made the, event. The fans didn't stick around, though, for the Xfinity race, which was a bummer. I figured if you bought the cup ticket, they should have thrown the Xfinity race in <laughs> they for free. <were> cold. <laughs> Bunch of babies. Yeah. I'm anyway. pretty sure they did throw it in with it. Said you could stay if you wanted, but uh, I don't think anybody don't took know. them up on that. No, it didn't look like it. They got it looked like there was about 3,700 people in the grandstands. Yeah, it was pretty sad, but it's a sad way for California to go out. But uh, all right. I'll go through some uh, talking points of the cup race at least, and then we'll talk about the Xfinity race real quick. Uh, let's see. We'll talk about that stage two restart where it looked like Joey Logano either slowed or everyone else sped up, and it's the stack up caused a 10-car crash, which was the largest in California Speedway history for the cup series. Just it, setting records to yep. the day it dies. <laughs> it took out... Uh, took out Ryan Priest, Eric who's, Almirola, who's Tyler leader? Reddick. Uh, it was Joey Logano. Hail Satan. Yep. Um, and where's uh, the damn drop? Yeah, I was waiting for the drop, but you didn't have it. You got to add it to the board. We got to put I'll that. Have on, to add it. Later. We got to add it to the board. Sorry, Gator. We'll put that on the board. Uh, it was just quicker to say it. Anyway, so Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Almirola, and Priest got taken out in that wreck. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think that Joey slowed down, or do you think every every single other car just kind of? It's tough to gauge. They extended the box. Yeah, they made the box bigger. So. I would need to see his his. I would need to see the data, but I would like to see like just his RPM trace or throttle trace or anything because it looked like he dumped the throttle to play games and then took off. I it could have been I literally think, uh, everybody just kind of sticking to each other's back bumper. Yeah, I don't know. He had a gap before everybody started catching up. It might have just been them. I don't know. I don't trust Joey, though. Yeah, it could be. And it, there's also this thing where you can uh, you can make an engine noise like you're going. You can just kind of burp the throttle a little bit, sort of, and just kind of like you're ready to take off. Mm-hmm. But instead of taking off, you don't do anything. You roll in the box a little late, so it kind of gives you that appearance that you're taking off. But he just sat there. So there's always that thing, too. It's tough to see I, from that far away. Yeah, I my, honestly don't think he, he played any games only because NASCAR officiates this crap so damn tight now with all the telemetry they have access to. They've called guys on playing restart games. Yeah, they have. And, well, Joey Logano made deals with the devil so that he wouldn't have that called, it, called against him. Uh, especially with that new uh, hairdo that makes him look like Damien. Rectus, Dominus. We need that. We need that drop now. That was a. That, I had to reach for that one. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. 
Uh, I don't know. It just looked to me like everybody was trying to anticipate the start, and he just went really, really late. Yeah, I mean, they did extend the restart zone. Uh, I forget how many feet. I didn't look it up, but I know they did extend it. And he said, yeah, I was just going to go at the end of it. And that's the prerogative of the leader. That's why they have a restart zone. A lot of guys just go right at the beginning of the box just to take off. A lot of we guys do that shit on iRacing all the time. Yeah, if I'm if I'm leading a race in real life, I'll pick a different spot every restart if I'm leading. You know, I'll wait on it and see if the guy'll jump and you know, I'll go right before the box or right at the box or right at the end of the box, but I typically don't want to wait. Yeah, you can't be so... consistent or else people get to jump on you. You yeah. got to change it up every time. Right. Which I don't know. That that's probably what he was doing, but again, I don't trust Joey. So I'm just not going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he likes to play games. Uh, but that took out some good cars. Um, let's see. Ross Chastain won the first two stages. He was lightning fast. He was entertaining as hell. He was really you entertaining You see him race to Kyle Busch they going raced, into the pit area. They raced the that piss out of each other. Awesome. All day. Yeah, I he, thought he was going to get a speeding penalty on that. Nah, he evened it up right, right when the timing mark started, so. It was close. Definitely. It was close. Was pretty, pretty scary. He really pushed the boundaries, but yeah, it was it was it was a fun race to watch, even just coming to pit road. So, but he fell off on that final run, uh, and Kyle Busch did not. He had speed all race. He had to come from the back. I believe he had a penalty early, didn't he? And um, I can't yeah, remember. speeding or something yeah, on pit road. I think it was speed exiting or something, but. Uh, oh yeah, I think it was speed exiting because he said he was still coming up through the lights, and I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know what to tell you, you know, it's not my, you know, whatever. But he overcame a penalty, came from the back. Uh, he always gets a speeding penalty. Always, he's always pushing the envelope on speeding. Um, he did pick up the win. If you don't live under a rock, you would know. Uh, but yeah, it was a to me, it was a really just a big career validating win for Kyle Busch because this is what his third cup team that he's been with at least because he was with Hendrick to start. He came up with the five car and didn't last there very long. And then Mr. H couldn't put up anything, put up with a bunch of his stuff. Yeah. And he just wasn't performing as well. Yeah. And he moved over to Gibbs and immediately started seeing success stuck with Gibbs for a long time had, you know, different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He got support, like technical support, I want to say, for them and from Toyota for his truck team, and they had huge alliances and stuff. That's the word, alliances. And they had all that stuff working for all the business send, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. That's it. He goes back to Chevrolet. And like that guy earlier in the Darf comment of the week said, everybody kind of was like, why are you going to back to RC, or why are you going to RCR? You're just going to flounder. You're ending your career, essentially. And every single race he's been in contention so far, even the exhibition ones. Every one. The, the whole league is, he put him on notice. Yeah. Like I said, it is a career defining moment for him. It's a good driver going to what was a good team anyway. Tyler Reddick, he was no slouch in that damn team. He just didn't have a lot of experience. Kyle Bush has that experience. You know what I mean? And he has the same amount of aggression as well. Yeah. The three cars running better too. 
he, he, was, is, he was up yeah, there too. He is much better but, lately as well. Not only does he have that experience though, he has that knowledge that comes from being at Gibbs and the success they had there. Right. So he's he's able to draw from all of that. Which yeah, really his helps. value is huge compared to Reddick. He's a he's a deeply ingrained part of NASCAR, especially in the upper echelon. You know what I mean? So he's he's got experience that a lot of people just don't, especially with winning and especially with just being in good equipment and being able to motivate and move a team forward. So it's he got a lot of love from a lot of different drivers that he races against. Like I know that uh, what was it, Kyle Larson and somebody else said that he was the best and that he, I forgot what the hell it is. He's the best, and he should be showing this anyway, and he, and he is, or something like that. He's finally getting an opportunity to do what he's doing now. So it was it, it, he's getting a lot of respect from his peers, and it was very strange to not hear booze from the grandstands. Yeah, I don't like that. It kind of makes me feel funny. <laughs> give weird. it time. Let's give it time. It might change. Yeah, I fear it's kind of like when Dale stopped getting all booze. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that either. St. Dale the first. Of Canapolis, right? Yes. Yeah, it was very strange. It was it was one of those moments. So I was not prepared for that. I was waiting for beer cans because he was driving uh, for RCR, and the old NASCAR fans are like, "Oh, Dale Earnhardt would be rolling over in his grave." I think you're going to find <laughs> fans kind of clamoring to 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 become a Kyle Busch fan now with so many of these other guys leaving and Kyle still kind of, even though he's a veteran, he's younger. I mean, he's my age, he's 38. So yeah, he's, he's still got a good seven, eight years ahead of him. I mean, look at, look at how old Kevin Harvick is. And he finished, I think Harvick finished top five, didn't he? Yeah. I think he finished fifth. Yeah. And Harvick is in his mid forties. As guys like Harvick retire, like I wouldn't be, I'm, I'm turning into a Kyle Busch fan, and I'm a Harvick fan. I'm not. So, I just, I don't know. I appreciate I, I want to. I'm sorry, Phil. Huh? I'm sorry, Phil. Go ahead. I thought you were finished. No, I just, I, I appreciate a guy that's trying to, he didn't just give up and lose his shit and start being a child about it last year. He actually grew up. I saw a change, so give him I, a chance. I'm not becoming a fan. I'm just respecting him a little more. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I don't believe that people change. No. <laughs> people don't change. They just mature but, a little. But, uh, yeah, I always wanted to like Kyle Busch, but I can't. <laughs> because he's not – He's obviously, he's a very talented driver. No one's ever going to say he's not and be accused of smart, you know? Hmm. So and and you know something he doesn't he's never really except for one incident with Saint Dale the second of Canapolis at Richmond he's only ever gotten into one really bad incident like with another driver I don't know of him being quote a rowdy driver he's never done anybody really dirty he's not a dirty driver I wouldn't call him a dirty driver or anything like that. No, he's not. He's, he's definitely a, not a Ty Gibbs. That's for sure. You no, know, I, I just, yeah, he's, he's. I, I want to like him because he's got a lot of talent and a lot of car control, and he's not a dirty driver, but he's still a twat. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
See, it's fair to not like somebody but still respect them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I never used to like him at all. I did respect him. I just hated him. You know him who did change, though? You know who did change was his brother. And, and, and you know, so he's the one who really did change because he used to be a mega twat. And Psychotherapy then, and meds will do that for anyone. And then and then he got a fistful of Jimmy Spencer in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then he kind of stopped being as twatty. And then and then he became a very well respected and well revered driver in the garage area. You know, that's Kurt Bush. So it he took so, him a long time. You know though. what? I shouldn't say I don't believe it Chase because Phil's right. People can change. And he did and his brother did change. So we should give He it took him a long time, but he did. So we should give Shrub Bush. I mean, Kurt Bush went from Kurt Bush went from openly flipping people off and having DUIs and having spy girlfriends to, you know, being an announcer. <laughs> being revered. And a yeah. revered Monster driver. Energy brand ambassador. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you can mature and some people mature differently than others, and I think Kurt did that. So he grew into his ears. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so why don't we go to the Xfinity race here? Let's talk about that, because that was after the cup race, and this one was fun. There's a lot of talking points about that, too. Uh, let's see here. They went green a little before 8 p.m. Eastern, because I thought they were going green at 8, turned it on at 8, and they were eight laps in already. I'm like, son yeah, of a bitch. <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, what the hell? I'm like, you guys are killing me, but oh, well, I didn't miss nothing, so no big deal. Uh, Sheldon Creed threw a dumb block on Josh Berry just before the one-third mark of the race and got spun into the backstretch infield and managed to somehow keep it off the wall. Uh, the announcers... Sheldon Creed doing Sheldon Creed things. No, he did hit the wall. Uh, well, mostly off the wall. Uh, the announcers <laughs> praised him for being able to not crash it, whereas I was taking Josh Berry's side because if you've got a run and someone blocks you into the RV lot, just send them. They'll it's learn to give you. Eighth. They'll learn to give you room or let runs go early and live to race another day. It's a block for eighth place early in the race. It's just Sheldon Creed doing what, what he was always Austin does. Powers doing. <laughs> that was a great save for an accident that shouldn't have happened. This, oh my god! I, I said this to you, Brent. There's a reason that Austin Hill is getting the cup opportunities, and and Sheldon Creed is still stuck in Xfinity. <laughs> Exactly. It's because Austin Hill doesn't pull stupid-ass blocks and always puts himself in contention to win the damn race at the end of it. I think Austin Hill low-key is a badass motherfucker behind the wheel. He's really good. Genuinely is really good. By the way, do you want to hear a statistic right here before we go into the end of the race? Fastest lap of the cup race was Kyle Busch at 175.725. What was the fastest lap of the Xfinity race? Faster. Please say 177. 176.739 by Cole Custer, former cup driver. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Now, wait a minute. NASCAR can't have that. No, they really they can't. can't have a supporting division be faster. That's mm -hmm. why they restricted the modifieds at, at Loudoun mm -hmm. for their NASCAR. Modified. Well, that's why they're getting rid of the track is so that Xfinity can't be faster. <laughs> hey, faster than Xfinity. My yep. car was faster than Xfinity. Oh, no, that makes sense. you got to have them be the fastest. Xfinity's faster than Xfinity than 10G. Just, just ask Noah Gregson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Uh, let's see. I was trying to go through more. T- I think Josh Berry even spun out on like lap 68, not long after that, but he was able to recover. And I think he finished fairly well. Uh, fifth, I believe. Cause yeah, he had a good run. I'm looking through Twitter. Not bad for, he should have been in the fence yeah. after just, just walling the crap out of Tyler Reddick. <laughs> was just, that him? Yeah. He just walled him like he wasn't even there. Oh, that was him. I thought that was somebody else. That was like some stupid Days of Thunder third act stuff. Yeah, did he not hear his spotter or what? Or did they just not say anything or did he do it on purpose? Like, what's the what happened here? I don't know what happened there, but... Whoopsies. Damn, son. Yeah, Cole Custer had a really great run going until he uh, he either lost the tire. tire. Did he blow a tire? Yeah, blow a tire. Because I saw him get into the wall, but I couldn't couldn't remember if he got into the wall because of a tire. He blew a tire and got... uh, he got left round hard, yeah, because I didn't write any notes for this, so I'm going through NASCAR Xfinity's Twitter, <laughs> just scrolling back. Yeah, he got ramrodded by Austin Dillon. Yeah, I, colleague. I believe Brandon Jones got wrecked Nowhere by his, yeah. got spun out or wrecked by a teammate. I can't remember who that what happened there. Um, don't remember. I don't remember either, but I saw him spinning through. Brandon the Jones doing Brandon Jones things. It's no different. I believe different. he threw a dumb block. Did he throw a dumb block and get the front end ripped off on the infield? Yeah, I believe that's what happened there. Yeah. Sammy Smith was fast. They had the two Toyotas there, Sammy Smith and John Hunter Nemechek. They were quick. And uh, Sammy Smith has kind of proven his worth right now. He was a super late model kid for a long time. Ran some Arca stuff, was decent in there. I think he got some wins. Um, And he's in that 18 car for uh, Gibbs now, and he is quick. So. Well, if if you come from a super late model, you're going to be good and stuff like that, I think. Yeah. Especially because you have more horsepower. Exactly. Than a cup car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. But yeah, it was a it was just another good race. I mean, Xfinity series, they never seemed to disappoint. Uh it was there was changes up front all race, Austin Hill, Cole Custer, Sammy Smith, uh, JHN there, John Hunter Nemechek um, swapped the lead, but uh, Nemechek was the car to beat late. And uh, I can't remember, did something happen to Sammy Smith late? Yeah, I think there was a restart where he got collected in something. Yeah, he spun out, I believe, late. Um, I can't remember how many laps to go it was, but he got spun out late, which sucks because it killed like his really good run. Uh, Sam Mayer was strong at the end as well. He was, I believe, second to John Hunter Nemechek. Could not run him down, though. And uh, John Hunter Nemechek picked up an Xfinity Series win. He's coming up full-time from truck again, basically rebuilding his career. Because remember, a couple of years ago, he was in cup for, what the hell was it, uh, Front Row Motorsports. I think he was in that car. And yeah. he basically, what did he, volunteer to take a back seat and go down to trucks and say, okay, well, I want to win races and rebuild my career and get more stats and it's working out for him because he just won. He won the last race at California. By the way, fun Fontana Well, he fact. was supposed to be in Cup last year. Yeah, but I don't think he... Joe really... Gibbs said, no, we're putting Tighter Todd in. Well, Denny, yeah, no. Course. No, Denny. I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm we're not the putting boss, him in your car. We're putting Tighter Todd no, in your Denny. car. I'm a... <laughs> no, me. I'm the boss. Yeah, well, we'll see how that kid takes to these cup cars and the cup drivers who take no shit. Uh, fun Fontana fact, since the place is being destroyed or reconfigured, whichever the case may be, um, 
Joni mutilated, mutilated like a teenage girl cutting herself. Emo girl. (laughs) That's dark. dark. Anyway, uh, Joe Nemechek won the first pole awarded at the racetrack for the 1997 Cup race. Front row Joe. John Hunter Nemechek won the last race. (laughs) Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's pretty interesting. Feels all around. Feels all around. I just saw a tweet that was about... um, California Speedway, actually, it was on Reddit to close the show out, and it had a quote from the, I forget his name now, but it was the um, president of Auto Club Speedway, I believe it's Dave Allen, on the potential short track being there, and he said, I'm hopeful that we will get to a point in the here in the near future, sometime this year, there's going to be more information coming out. And it's like, even he doesn't know what's going on? Shouldn't they be digging the track up like right now, trying to get to next year? They're not even. They're not getting to next year. They're they're thinking more like twenty five. Well, that's what I mean. But it takes a long time to build stuff. Well, if you're, they're worried about building costs, construction costs right now. Yeah, lumber. Yeah, but they'll they'll tear down and rebuild an entire racetrack inside the Coliseum every year with no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Crafty excuses. Yeah, like, like I said, said, I don't think it's coming back. I honestly don't, and if it Sounds does, like hope. I don't think it's coming back. I think they might be hanging on to the land just as, because I think that the land value, because what county is this in? San Bernardino County? Yeah. Uh, the land value is outrageous. I mean, look at how much Someone they sold. It's like 500% more than when they bought it. It is. Um, I don't see them putting low-income housing in. Like I said, they just sold it, allegedly. For five hundred and forty-four million dollars, for four hundred and something acres, that's an amazing amount of money. What if they hang on to the last ninety and they sell that for another hundred million dollars? You know what I mean? What if they're just like, okay, we're going to hang on to this and see? Assuming if the value this real estate market isn't going to crap out, which it who could. knows? You it never could. know. You it's never a volatile know. market. It's already coming down about five percent, especially with inflation and stagflation. Mm-hmm. all around so who knows well we'll see but like i said i really genuinely don't think i think this is just going to be another one of those california tracks that they just keep trying to penetrate the market and they just keep resisting it just doesn't happen ontario riverside you name it doesn't matter the only one that keeps surviving is sonoma because that's not southern california so i am out of notes i am out of fucks to give all right, how far in are we anyway? I don't even know. <laughs> I've just been rambling for... Hour and 40 minutes? That would be perfect. Hour and 53. Got it. <laughs> right on par. All right, let's wrap this thing up. You can find this show on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can send us some feedback to makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. You could even have your voice heard if you wanted to on the show. We will play it. Make or uh, anchor.fm slash making laps. I got to do all this off the top of my head. You can. F- I know I really should start saying it at the beginning. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01, and you can find me over on YouTube over at youtube.com slash BrentGleason. You can find Phil at... At PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Boy, get off that microphone. And you can find Jesse at... 
You can find Jesse at your mom. <laughs> Yes. And, and you could find me trying to catch a Rayquaza on Pokemon Go because I couldn't get one yesterday. Well, I hope you get it. All right, boy, yeah. how do we end the show? Please do it nicely. Go. No, I said keep I said do it nicely. Keep your ears set down, stay in French stinker for listening to my mom. <laughs> Close enough. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs>